0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Autism Stories. I'm your host Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people to learn from their stories, experiences, and get their insights. If you would like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review as it will help others to learn about autism stories. Now I try to consistently focus uh, in my life the path to the least resistance. The path to the most happiness and joy I can have in this life. So I'm excited today to talk with Bianca Elizabeth to discuss her path to her least resistance being kinder to herself and being an entrepreneur and business coach we hope you enjoy today's conversation bianca thanks so much for joining me today
1: hi thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it and i'm happy to be here
0: and um Wanted to start out our conversation by learning a little bit about you and where your story in the autistic community begins.
1: Before, you know, I start this, I am a late diagnosed autistic adult, but I am autistic. <laughs> so I think this story, you know, kind of starts all the way back to when just you start I don't know when you get diagnosed I think what happens is is all the aha moments start to go off right so I don't necessarily really have anything in co- like a lot of things in common with people who were early diagnosed because of the fact that I had to go through regular schooling and mask my whole entire way I had to pretend like I could do things and I couldn't and I wasn't in special classes I didn't have anybody that I was going to to even try to understand me So my technique was survival, and I think that is, even though everybody can look at that as maybe a bad thing, I think it turned me into the entrepreneur that I am today. It gave me that, you know, uncomfortable, like I could get through the uncomfortable feelings. Yes, I had autistic breakdowns all the time, and I was always in the fogginess, but it, for me, being late diagnosed helped me understand how kind of hurtful the world is for people who are different without knowing it and feeling broken and I think that's really what got me to being able to have a few streams of income at the moment and that's kind of where my story started and now I'm here trying to help other late diagnosed autistic adults really understand how to be independent and really understand what it takes to Be okay with who you are, but let's make some money and let's help you be independent and live on your own and not be the stigma of having to live at home forever because we couldn't get an understanding between everybody. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Now, I follow you on social media, and one of the things I heard you talk about is that our mood can change at the drop of a dime when having problems with executive dysfunction and choose the path of least resistance when executive function hits hard. So what does that path of least resistance sort of look like for you?
1: I was misdiagnosed bipolar because of my that executive dysfunctioning thing, but I never had the other things that came along with it. So for me, I always thought I was just bipolar. So then when I understood Executive dysfunctioning and was diagnosed autistic I could once I you can feel it coming on right like you can really feel it coming on so I think for me the least of resistance is knowing it don't let it paralyze your brain just knowing that it's coming on but the issue is is most people don't have the tools to do that so I think it took me a few years with a coach to really understand like and my doctor to understand like what my executive dysfunction looked like. For me, I can't cook heavy foods, right? Because, or like big extravagant foods, because I will not eat for two days. Because if I can't figure out how to cut something correctly, like the recipe says, I give up, and I'm done for like 48 hours, and I don't eat, and that's not healthy. So I think the least resistance would be opening that can of peas, you know what I mean? (laughs) Eating that safe food, doing the things that make your neuro like your neurological problems like happy for the moment so you can move so i think a lot of us paralyze and we don't get anything done and it just piles up So i think least resistance to me would just be doing the thing that makes your brain happy for the moment without any judgment or shame Hmm.
0: Now, we're bound to have hard days no matter how our life's going due to kind of the exhaustion of the world we have as autistics. So I think just kind of understanding why things happening can be really helpful to us. What are some things that you've learned about yourself in order to be kinder to yourself during these hard days?
1: The kind thing is really important. I think a lot of us never really had like a lot of us autistic adults that were late diagnosed especially like don't have the understanding right within our family within our friends we get rejected that rsd gets like kicks in so i think not seeing yourself as broken and seeing yourself having a neurological disorder is really the first thing as corny as it sounds like not saying oh okay i'm so broken i'm so this No, you're autistic. (laughs) And there is a way to treat and talk to autistic people if you don't want resistance. And I think that's with ourselves too. We're not normal. We're not neurotypical. And it's okay. And it's okay that we're like children. And it's okay that we talk too much sometimes when we get nervous. And it's okay that we tell you our favorite thing, you know, about dinosaurs or penguins or whatever that may be. But I think just truly engulfing yourself in that world, right? Like for me right now, I only am trying to be around people that are neurodifferent, neurodivergent, because I always have been around neurotypicals. So I think for me, that's what's helping me is being around people that are like myself. So there is no masking. I'm for the first time, like have been myself and I'm 37 years old. (laughs) And for me, I've never been me ever, except for the past few years. And I think that is where we need to at least understand that we aren't broken. We are just autistic. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, uh, you're an entrepreneur, yeah. a neurodivergent business coach, and a speaker that helps other neurodivergent people to thrive in business and life. So if some of our listeners have an idea for a business or, I guess, Cool, younger people say a side hustle. What would <laughs> what would some of the first steps you think uh, they should take?
1: So the first thing is differentiating a hobby and a special interest into something that could actually get monetized. So I think that's where we get lost, especially so over, like, I think the statistic is like really vague between 50 and 70% of autistic people have ADHD. So that's a lot. So (laughs) mixing the autism with ADHD for me, I think that's where a lot of the entrepreneurs lie, right? In the autistic world. And the issue is, is you get really excited about something and you go get the hobby and you go buy the stuff and you go spend the money you're like, okay, I'm going to build a website and all this. And then it just doesn't happen, right? So I think really understanding what can be monetized versus what's exciting and happy for you is knowing the difference and then I like there's even I told people this even baking you can now in the state of Florida you can make $250,000 without getting the FDA involved for just like making granola or candies or things and selling them at markets so I think it's understanding that there is a lot of tangibility of working for yourself as an autistic adult you know like you can walk dogs (laughs) you can you know you can create a business you can go on a rover and then create an LLC so I think really understanding the difference between a hobby and monetization is the first step and then you figure out a brand and a logo and then you llc it and then you go from there so i think there are steps but really understanding what you can make money off of versus what you get excited about and hope to share with others is kind of the hate to say it but you kind of have to like really be honest with yourself with that. And that takes a lot of misses. I had probably like 10 or 12 misses before I had a few hits. So, (laughs) yeah.
0: So talking about the misses, uh, along the way as an entrepreneur, I've uh, made so many mistakes. What would be some things uh, you think are traps that we as neurodivergent uh, entrepreneurs fall into in terms of those mistakes?
1: I made a big one thinking that I could be a big girl and do everything myself. I got, I signed up for this really big event with this like big tent down in South Florida for this, the biggest event of the year. And I think I went in with cash and nobody really taught me what, this was my first thing. Like I I was doing a boutique thing and I had all my cash and he, and I don't know how it happened, but I just said it that I had all cash. (laughs) And because I'm, you know, I'm weird and I just, I don't really prepare for those things. And he heard it and he, he literally said that was the price and I guess I fell for it. And he took all my cash and like 20 other small businesses and like ran and said he was the landowner and he wasn't, he was the leaser. So I think those kind of things can happen on the sense of not being prepared for people who are going to take advantage of you. So I think that a lot of money I've noticed in the autistic world, the money, money manipulation and money just taking advantage of people in that way. We can be very easily manipulated because we are people pleasers. So I think knowing that having safeguards and saying, Hey, I'm a people pleaser. Hey, I don't want, I don't want to take every broken burden and fix them. I think is the first step to take is saying like, this is what puts me in danger. Right? So, like, me, for me, I tell everybody everything. I don't hold anything back. So now I bring in a buddy and a buffer person with me to be my alert person. I do not ever do business after that situation because I got $30,000 taken from me. <laughs> I will never have now somebody not with me ever again. So I have now a buffer person to come in. So I think having those safeguards and people to kind of create a plan with you is the most important.
0: So I'm wondering about that buffer person because, you know, a lot of times as artistic people, it's tough to develop trust in people. And is this buffer person, just a friend? Is this a, is this person, someone that has business experience?
1: So this is a cool question. So I'm actually in the midst of starting a, Small little thing for this to solve this situation. I have been taken advantage of with my wrist. I got the wrong surgery. The guy just did whatever. There's a lot of things that we don't admit that like happens to our lives because we can't speak up or we can't explain correctly. So I think there needs to be a things like I'm doing that will have buddies or people with you. So What I'm going to try to do is create a community that can figure out how to do this for neurodivergent. Have people that either are neurotypical that have compassion, or people that are neurodivergent that are different, have different lobe situations that maybe not be as much as us that can make that call when we have anxiety. That can sit on that call for 30 minutes to the tax office, right? I am very lucky to have one family member that does that with me. I don't have anybody else. Got one family member that. Can kind of handle me enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I think it's finding somebody getting the guts to even ask somebody that you vibed with at a networking event or even like I hate to say it but even strangers and I know that's weird but I've even gone on Facebook and been like hey can anybody like go with me somewhere and people I know that's hard but people have said yes. So there's different ways to do it but I am creating an organization that is going to help neurodivergents have that phone number to call and say hey I need a buddy to go with me and I think it's very needed in our world because it is hard for us to ask for help
0: it's uh, one thing to start a business but it's another thing to sustain it and uh, have it grow so one of the biggest uh, factors in that I think is managing the cash flow of the business What have been some things that have been helpful to you in this process?
1: This is not a paid advertisement. I do not know these people. I have no idea, but Rocket Money saved my life. It's an app that, so I sign up for the notifications because I can't remember anything. I major ADHD too and autistic and OCD. So for me, it's, what they do, it's really cool. They get into your, you have to say, okay, they get all into your information, but they tell you anytime something changes at all more than my bank. So like they'll say, you have three bills due. Are these correct bills? You have uh, $50 just got taken out at this store. Was this correct? My bank won't even do that. That has really helped me. And ev- it lets me know it's like you spent $75 more than last week. Is this what you want to do? So it keeps you really accountable with the things on your phone. And we're on our phones a lot. So I think that changed my life. Like that, Just having that accountability on my phone, I have made major mistakes with the whole money situation. So all I can say is safeguards. Having things that catch you because you know you're going to do that. Especially as autistic adults, we know where our downfalls lie. If we want to say we don't, then we're lying to ourselves. It's having the compassion to ourselves to say, okay, no shame. Now, what do I need to what do I need to catch my fall? There's no problem in that. And I think find and I don't, I'm not good with money. So I hire an accountant, a really amazing accountant that I found, you know, through asking on Facebook and things like that, who helps me, and he's a financial advisor too. So he, so I found people, I found a community that can help me. And I think they know I'm autistic. They know that sometimes I miss payments. They know all of this stuff. So they have compassion for me. And I think being really honest with who you're working with and say, hey, I'm different. This is where I succeed. This is where I don't, this is where I kind of have my downfall is really important. And it is hard, but I think just working on it every day can kind of help you.
0: And uh, Bianca, um, how can our listeners learn uh, more about you beyond this interview?
1: They can either go to, so right now I am a, my coaching website is in progress because I'm following my own rules and I'm really reaching down everything. So right now on Instagram, it's Bianca Elizabeth I am, and then I am a photographer. That's what I went to school for. That's what I've been doing since I was a wee little tyke, and that is I am Bianca Elizabeth, so it's flipped. So those are the two things that you can can find me at right now. I will be working on my actual coaching website because I have been having to switch because I've had a lot of autistic people coming to me wanting to be diagnosed with ADHD or ADHD people coming to me not knowing how to be diagnosed for autism. So right now I've been really getting a lot of clients wanting to know how the process works. So now I'm kind of using my coaching to help people either figure out where they lie on the spectrum or where they don't lie on the spectrum. And I think that's really important because it's not fair to not know what's going on with you. So,
0: Well, uh, I really enjoyed our conversation and I'll continue to uh, follow you on uh, social media. So uh, thanks so much for today.
1: Thank you so much, Doug. Have a great day.
0: Thanks so much to Bianca for the conversation. To learn more about Bianca, please check out the link in the podcast description of this episode. Here at Autism Personal Coach, our clients are the experts. Our coaches are the guides. The majority of supports for autistics are not helpful. They try to fix us, not support us. That's why so many are confused when we say our clients are the experts, experts of their lived experience. Our clients are the experts for what has worked for them and about the things they need and want in their lives. Our coaches first listen to the clients and then ask them thoughtful questions to guide them, offer resources, and strategize with our clients so they can get what they need to thrive. Would you want a guide in your life to coach you to get the things you desire? If so, then visit AutismPersonalCoach.com for more information. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autism Stories, and if you did, if you could tell a friend, foe, or anyone you know about it so they could have the same enjoyable and educational experience as you when listening to Autism Stories, it would be very much appreciated. Until next time, I'm Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.